Microsoft Engineering Radio, episode 127, interview with Yoki Mahate on usability. This is Software Engineering Radio, the podcast for professional developers on the web at se-radio.net. SE Radio brings you relevant and detailed discussions and interviews on software engineering topics every 10 days. Thanks to our audience and the partners listed on our website for support. Okay, welcome listeners to another episode of Software Engineering Radio. This time we are talking about usability and, and design issues. Our guest today is Joachim Machate from UID. Thank you. <laughs> Why don't you introduce yourself and your company a little bit so people know who, you, who they're listening to? Okay, uh, fine. My name is uh, Joachim Machate, as you said, um, and I'm working at uh, User Interface Design, which is a company dealing, uh, offering usability services. Uh, a few words about myself. Uh, I have studied computer science at the uh, uh, University of Stuttgart, this is in Germany, and I've been working at uh, Fraunhofer um, Association, at the Fraunhofer Institute for uh, Ergonomics, in also in, in Stuttgart. Uh, later, I've been with uh, IBM as a visiting uh, scientist. And uh, my first subject was about uh, speech recognition and uh, speech understanding, the management of natural uh, language uh, systems. Mm -hmm. So my, uh, the subject of my PhD was uh, how to uh, use the intonation of uh, spoken dialogues in order to drive a dialogue between a system and uh, mm -hmm. a a user, but this was in the early years, in the 90s, so <laughs> it's some years ago. And after that I started with uh, human-computer interaction. Um, this was also at uh, Fraunhofer uh, Society. And now since uh, about nine years I'm with uh, UID. I'm uh, responsible here uh, first for the software development team and uh, also uh, for a market branch, which we call Enterprise Solutions. This is a market branch um, dealing with uh, enterprise uh, software for, for the financial sector, for assurance companies, for instance, or also for uh, with uh, software tools uh, like uh, IDEs or, or something like that. Yep. Our audience is relatively, tech relatively technical, so they probably know um, five programming languages each. And they probably don't know much about usability engineering and human-computer interaction and all that, you know, this, this space of stuff. So please give us an introduction about what usability engineering is and, and why it is relevant. Okay, before I start with that, I just want to say a few words um, about UID. So what is the mission of uh, our com company? And uh, the name, the full name of UID is uh, User Interface Design. So UID is the abbreviation. Yep. And User Interface Design, this is exactly what we uh, offer. This is services um, about how to design, how to uh, model a user interface, but also how to program it. And 
uh, we offer these services to uh, a very broad range of applications, starting from the enterprise solutions, which I already mentioned, mm -hmm. but also to uh, consumer goods like a mobile phone or yep. a DVD recorder or something like mm -hmm. that. Also ticket sell and automaton or in the industry uh, sector for welding machines, for instance, or in the car manufacturing in industry, automotive engineering, mm -hmm. things like that. And the idea of the foundation of the company was that if a psychologist and a computer scientist, if they try to work together, they should be able uh, to build more uh, or say better user interfaces with respect to how they meet the requirements of the users. And this is basically what is usability is uh, about. Is uh, how can we better meet the requirements that the users have? How can we uh, how, how can, can we develop products that um, fit to the goals, to the tasks that the user mm -hmm. have? So it's always about the users. Um, that is what usability is, is uh, about. Asks, mm -hmm. asks the user about the tasks, asks the user about the goals and also know uh, know the user profiles know about their education and things like uh, that so so in some sense it's a counterpoint to the typically typically engineering technical engineering driven development uh, process where you kind of advocate the user of the of the system right it's not uh, functional driven or although the functions uh, should be chosen in a way that they meet the sure. tasks of and, and goals of the user mm -hmm. And um, you already talked about your enterprise solutions path or part, and you talked about uh, appliances. So um, before we delve into the details about how usability engineering applies to software, um, the you maybe want to talk about the, the overall scope a little bit. I mean, it's actually really broad. You, you look at hardware, mm -hmm. you look at software, and how it interacts, I guess. So your question is uh, about a more holistic uh, yeah. view of a yeah. holistic uh, product view. Yeah. So it's not only uh, software inside uh, a product. For instance, if you think about embedded uh, systems, uh, take a ticket autom automaton. Mm -hmm. It's not only the software inside the ticket automaton, but it's also the hardware and it's uh, all the buttons on the hardware, the display mm -hmm. w which is used. And so it's the complete uh, product and uh, usability engineering not only deals uh, with the um, usability aspect of uh, the software, but uh, also how the software and hardware, uh, how um, this is integrated. Uh, yeah. Con consider, for instance, a uh, um, soft keys uh, mm -hmm. and so you you can easily uh, think of uh, how the display must be de designed that uh, it's obvious for the user which uh, labels uh, are related to a certain soft yep. key etc et like so that. from from your perspective what is easier you you get a piece of hardware like let's say the iphone yeah. and you design an application so that it runs on that hardware given its you know hardware buttons and stuff or is it easier if you get a task and maybe a piece of software to design the hardware around it, is there any prejudice which one is easier? Or it's, it's hard to say which one is easier. Of course, uh, the interaction designers always like uh, the most degree of freedom. So mm -hmm. if, if we ju just have uh, 
the, say, the, say the task to design a system which uh, should um, meet some uh, specific user goals and we are free in designing also the hardware and, mm -hmm. uh, and the number of keys you use yeah. and, and things that's always uh, better and it's of course it's always more joy for yeah. the interaction. And, and I guess designer. this leads to this whole topic whether it's good to have a generic device that then run all runs all kinds of software yeah. or whether it's better to have maybe several specific devices. So it's a heavily d d dis discussed issue uh, mm -hmm. whether you should uh, have dedicated uh, devices with only a minor number of functions yep. or whether you have this uh, unique uh, device which, ser which serves uh, almost everything. Yep. So uh, do you really want to watch TV with your mobile or is yep. this a such, such a question? Yep. Yep. Some people like it and others just want to uh, make a phone call. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those people still exist. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm putting myself into the role of a typical software developer, um, and I know maybe the a development process like 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 the rational process or maybe some agile stuff. How from 10,000 feet does the usability engineering fit in? Where do I need to talk to a usability guy? Uh, as soon as possi possible. <laughs> so okay. uh, right in the beginning you should start ask uh, the users and get a picture of uh, what your target group is mm -hmm. and, and what they want to do. So this is basically in the requirements uh, phase or even sooner um, so that you really know um, who are your users, what do they want to do and uh, what is their background and also uh, you, you need to know the environment in which uh, your product should be uh, mm -hmm. used. So it's if it's not just software running on an ordinary PC or on a, on a laptop or whatever, but uh, think about uh, medical uh, devices or uh, in, in industries, construction uh, or, or welding machine or, yeah. or things li like that. Uh, so you, you need to know about the, um, what we call the context of use. And the, mm -hmm. context, uh, the context of use is a very important, um, is very important information for the interaction uh, designer. And context of use is made of a description of the users and uh, of their tasks, of the environment. And environment not only means the physical environment, but also organizational uh, uh, environment. Or mm -hmm. if you think about a workflow, uh, if there are any dependencies between certain steps, you need to know this before you start uh, the design of a system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you already, I, it's interesting to see if, if you talk to a software developer and you talk about usability, he usually thinks about how to arrange the widgets in the UI and you talk about interaction design so this yeah. already hints at the fact that you see this way more broadly yeah. than what typically the UI designer thinks it is. Yeah, this is a typical uh, mistake that software developers often think if you uh, just have a good, uh, say, user interface style guide, yeah. uh, which tells you how to position uh, yeah. uh, certain widgets on, a, on your surface, uh, yeah. that's all. But this is what I would call something like a micro-usability. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's more about the workflow and it's uh, yeah. more about the interaction, the flow of interaction, yeah. the navigation and, and things like that and not uh, just arranging things on a screen. So the, the way I actually got um, aware of UI design was that a customer 
that I worked with, one of my customers, um, had a UI prototype um, created by you. There the challenge was to show uh, a lot of information on a screen and you were able to focus on different parts of it and you had to show overview of the stuff you didn't focus on and then if you select something else, the other stuff had to somehow fade out yes, but would still yes. be shown in a kind of summary with color codes and stuff. And that was actually really impressive and that got way beyond what you do with standard Windows controls, for example. Yeah, exactly. And this um, brings up an, another topic. This is a topic of uh, data visualization, right. uh, which, yes. which is very Im important. So, for instance, if you have huge amounts of data, think about uh, thousands or ten thousands of uh, data records. And uh, if, you, if you get a search result with um, several thousands uh, yeah. hits, then how could you present them to the user without yes. having it um, just uh, shown as a as a list? Yeah. So you you might think uh, of of other um, other approaches of uh, visualization. Yeah. Uh, visualization. Yeah. There is a very related topic I, I I come across all the time. I, I work a lot in model driven development, so I have to use UML sometimes. And if you look at today's UML tools, they are still built in a way that well, the diagrams are basically passive. They look like mm. on a big sheet of paper that can be printed. There is no interaction of the user with the data, like yeah. you know, diagrams dynamically opening and hyperbolic yeah. trees or something. Yes, it, it really becomes very interesting if you can play a little with the right. da data it so yeah. uh, and, and, and just uh, see what the future might bring. So yeah. if you manipulate the data mm -hmm. and visualize how um, a certain result would ch change in future if you manipulate the data. This is a uh, thing with which we deal when we talk about uh, data vi visualization and uh, how to interactively uh, play with, with the data. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah, and many tools don't do that. They're still in this yeah, paper metaphor. Yeah. That's a pity. Okay, so um, when I prepared the episode by looking at some of your material, um, there were a couple of things I wanted to uh, hint at. One is that when designing a system, um, there are three dimensions, user, task, and environment. Can you maybe talk about um, the, those, those three and how they interact and also maybe putting the, the idea of personas into, into, this, into this discussion? Some people already know about Alan Cooper, one of the, mm -hmm. uh, say, uh, grandfathers of, uh, of the persona idea. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I've uh, just uh, noticed that John Pruitt released a book about the persona life cycle. It's uh, more than 700 pages <laughs> uh, booked only dealing uh, with the creation of uh, personas and wow. their life cycle starting from the childhood <laughs> <laughs> to the adulthood <laughs> so uh, it's a topic uh, of itself but uh, so uh, but uh, other people might not know what a persona right. is so uh, a persona is a stereotypic uh, user but it's uh, derived from for instance from interviews or from material from uh, your marketing department mm -hmm. so if you already have a certain model or a certain idea about your target uh, groups and uh, about the characteristics of uh, your target groups, then you try to build a persona which uh, typically represent one 
typical user of a certain target group. Mm -hmm. And this persona, it's not abstract, uh, but it has certain characteristics. So you can uh, somehow immerse into uh, this uh, person. Yeah. So th you get an idea uh, how this persona might interact with a, with a system. And this persona can be taken up in your team in order to discuss how a user with, its, with that particular background might interact with the system. Mm -hmm. And it also helps to discuss the system design with your uh, customers. So you can take these personas in order to help people uh, immerse into a particular uh, user and imagine how this particular user might interact uh, with, uh, with the system. So personas is a really helpful uh, means in order to um, think about your uh, future users. And, and just to maybe emphasize it, it's not like the use case guy, you know, the, 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 the sticky, the stick, the, the stick figure where you say, uh, bank account user and that's it you mm. really build i don't know you write 50 pages about the guy's background yeah. about yeah. how he yeah. thinks so it's 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 way further way more yeah and uh, <laughs> i uh, i have a, a brief anec anecdote just from one of our uh, customers and they really built up uh, personas uh, and, and really uh, man sized physically. Uh, physically and uh, so if the uh, software developers made a fault in the interaction concept and uh, they just uh, um, got one of these personas and uh, put this persona right behind the neck <laughs> of <laughs> the software developer and um, yeah, they said watch uh, your persona yeah, and yeah. <laughs> or he is watching you yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and yeah. just looking over your shoulder <laughs> if you do the things right in the way uh, the users uh, want to, to have it. Mm -hmm. so, so personas are the way how you represent users basically yeah. in the design process. Yes, you represent uh, users and uh, you take them in order to discuss a certain scenario. Yeah. And I, I just want to uh, take this is issue about the use case and scenario. We call it scenario or even narrative uh, mm -hmm. scenario. Yes. So the use case is uh, like an abstract uh, modeling of the interaction uh, flow of a system. Whereas in a scenario, we uh, try to describe a certain episode in the interaction uh, about the interaction with, with the system. So it's a real, or say, uh, yeah. this persona, but with a real task and real data. So it's not abstract data, but uh, these scenarios help to think about uh, how the system will be used in the uh, future and how users will work with the system mm -hmm. with a particular concrete uh, data set. And uh, starting with this narrative scenario, we, we call it narrative scenario because it's uh, yeah like a like an epi episode, yeah, like a story. Uh, yeah. a story. It's a, yeah. a story. It should not be too long, just uh, half a page or things like yeah. that, or a page, not a twenty uh, pages story, or th because that would be hard to yeah. to to model. And so if you have this uh, half page story, you can take that story and build from that a storyboard uh, mm -hmm. uh, and which which shows screen by screen how the system uh, would uh, behave mm -hmm. since your company does this kind of as its main focus and full time of course we we come to expect that you have a process uh, an engineering process for doing it it's the ui 
uh, what is it called? UIEM. UIEM, right? The, the yeah. user interface engineering model, I guess. It, it's a user interface engineering model, right? Right. Yeah. And um, so I think to, to give people a somewhat more thorough understanding of all this stuff, why don't we um, step through it in, in some detail so so people understand what's what's going on or what's involved in actually you know doing UI or interaction design the right way. So I guess the first the first part is the planning of the overall system. Yeah, but, but before uh, we start with the UAAM, I, I just want to to stress as as we are a service provider yeah. and we sometimes we only offer uh, some usability services for uh, to a customer. For instance, sure. if a customer. It does all the developer uh, by its own or by, by its own uh, teams yeah. and they just want to uh, have a usability test for instance just a, a, a test in order to see whether users can really work with the system we, yeah. we just uh, do the usability test yeah. or sure. uh, if we do the software development of the user interface uh, also we always have to adapt to the processes of uh, our customers so yeah. our user interface engineering model it helps us to discuss with a customer right. which kind of services with regard to usability they want to get from us and yeah. if they do not have such uh, or any uh, development process and you you, you may uh, laugh but this happens uh, yeah, <laughs> the <well>. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we we can uh, talk about the uh, typical phases uh, with yeah. regard to to product development yeah. and we have split the, the model up into the basic four yeah. fa phases which you may know from the rational unified process yeah. or other uh, agile uh, processes yeah. uh, and just to 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 see uh, in which phase the customer uh, currently is with uh, his product development and how we can yeah. uh, help uh, them in order to yeah. uh, get a better usability into the, the product. In, in uh, other words, like yeah. with every reference model, it's not yeah. intended to necessarily be done completely in sequence, it but it's a way of thinking about the overall problem. Exactly. Yeah. Ex exactly. Yeah. Okay. 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 So yeah. first phase... Um, uh, it's probably the I think it's called elicitation in, in yeah, it's the elicitation in yeah. the rational unified yeah. pro process is yeah. what, what uh, we call uh, yeah some something like the uh, planning uh, phase and um, yeah this is this is uh, also um, a very critical um, starting point um, that customers often do not think about usability goals. So uh, in the elicitation uh, phase, uh, we wouldn't like to urge our customers not only to think about business uh, goals, um, although a usability goal might also become a business uh, goal, but also to think about what they want to achieve as a new product with regard to, to usability. And it's not just uh, e to be easy to use. Yeah. Uh, so there might be other goals. And this is hard to um, find out for the customers because you, you know the, certainly the Dilbert cartoon uh, with uh, many requirements, uh, thousands of requirements. And uh, at the end of the cartoon, uh, Dilbert is uh, uh, mentioning that one important requirement uh, has been missing and this is the easy to use requirement mm -hmm. but that's yeah. that's not just easy to use but it's uh, far more um, for instance you you want to uh, reduce 
the training uh, effort for mm -hmm. a complex uh, system so it's also not only efficiency because there is a, there is an iso norm which defines usability uh, as the degree of uh, effectiveness efficiency and uh, satisfaction with which uh, users can accomplish uh, tasks mm -hmm. Um, but it's not only ef efficiency and effectiveness and e even satisfaction. Uh, today we talk more about the joy of use or joyability. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we think user interfaces should motivate uh, users uh, in order to, to, to work uh, with them, especially when you think about uh, commercial products uh, yeah. in the consumer electronics uh, yep. era. Yep. So usability goals is one thing with which uh, you you should uh, start just to think about it and or to initiate the process uh, to to think about usability goals. The other thing is, of course, its requirements uh, with regard uh, not only functional requirements, but if you uh, take into account the FERPS model of uh, the rational unified processes, uh, functional requirements and usability, safety and reliability and mm -hmm. thi things like that uh, then uh, usability requirements is one set of uh, the requirements and uh, yeah the description of uh, the target uh, user groups so you, you should know uh, which target you user groups you you want to address and yeah and things like that so, so this yep. is yep. I, I just wanted to I explain one thing more it's uh, because we we haven't called that usability engineering model but user interface mm -hmm. and engineering model you might have noticed uh, that and this is because it's all about the user interface and this means it's not just usability but it's also visual design it's graphic yeah. design yeah. and it's also the technical uh, par yeah. part of it yeah. So we uh, basically we have um, three lines in in this model. It's one which regards usability, another one regards the design uh, yeah. issues, and the next one uh, regards the software development process. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to 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 raise one thing about uh, the design uh, line. This is which emotional uh, aspects uh, should be evoked uh, with a graphical design and mm -hmm. uh, so also the de design line starts very early uh, in in order to uh, find out uh, which requirements a customer might have with regard to the visual design uh, how should it look like and how should the future user interface look yeah. like and also uh, which Say which adjectives do you want to right. um, associate with the user interface? Should it be cool? Right, like Web 2.0 versus uh, more yeah, banking yeah, yeah, systems, yeah. right? Yeah. So this is all in the very start of uh, yeah. in the early start of the project to to know about the design facts, uh, about mm -hmm. the design requirements with regard to visual design, but also with regard to the techno technology which uh, should be used. Mm -hmm. Is it a WPF? Is it a Silverlight? Is it uh, some something different? Yeah. Uh, and uh, because this uh, also builds the, the design space. Uh, which we need to uh, take into account when yeah, we because start. Because it limits uh, the it, it things lim you can it do. It limits uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So the next um, phase. Yeah. Next phase would be wha what uh, usually is called the modeling uh, yeah. uh, phase. Yeah. 
and uh, here with regard to to the user interface uh, you you have uh, numerous uh, number of methods which you could apply by, th by the way i would like to to explain how the model is um, con constructed mm -hmm. um, so we, we have these faces and for each face and each line, so we have these three lines, yep. usability design and, and software development. Yep. In each of these lines you have uh, certain activities uh, per face. Mm -hmm. So for instance one activity could be the requirements uh, analysis in, in one line. And in order to do a requirements analysis uh, you have certain methods. Um, for instance, if you want to do an interview uh, with uh, with a user, then doing an interview is uh, is a method. But as you can use this method not only f uh, during the requirements phase, but you can also use an interview, for instance, in an evaluation phase. Mm -hmm. This is that methods are independent from from a phase. Mm -hmm. uh, you just have a certain number of methods, methods yep. which you might uh, apply in, in a certain phase and for a certain line. And even within a method you might have tasks which can uh, be w w which are needed for different methods for instance if you want to recruit uh, users for doing such an interviews mm -hmm. or if you want to recruit users for a focus group or you want to recruit uh, users for doing a usability test so recruitment w would be a task yep. uh, which could uh, appear in different methods. So yep. this is how the model is uh, mm -hmm. built. You have activities uh, for doing these activities. We have methods and within a method you might have uh, tasks. Mm -hmm. okay. So with regard to, to modeling, uh, if we just take up this uh, persona issue, uh, which we have uh, been talking about, uh, then personas, uh, so the creation of personas is one starting point mm -hmm. or could be one starting point. Also the um, creation of narrative scenarios, mm -hmm. which then uh, lead to, to storyboards. Yeah. So these storyboards, they show the behavior of, of the system screen by screen, mm -hmm. um, but not in a visual designed way, but rather in an abstract way, what we call wireframes. So it's right. uh, basically a sketch or a visual diagram yeah. or something. Yeah, you could even do it. Uh, on paper, right. so paper yes. prototyping yeah. is a really uh, cheap and fast uh, yeah. means, and um, we we try to to convince our customers that it's uh, worthy to to start mm -hmm. on on paper instead of using yeah. uh, um, computer-based tools, but just have sc some scribbles on yeah. uh, paper and uh, discuss with, uh, with with your customer. Do you know this book, The Back of the Napkin? It's about visual communication and how to convince people of your ideas using visuals. Yeah. And uh, the no guy... No. Maybe would, be, would be interesting yeah. to, to read, and yeah. And, and this guy yeah. also uh, talks about, forget yeah. about Visio and PowerPoint, yeah. just yeah. take a pen and a yeah. paper. And, and there's also a book by Karen Snyder called uh, Paper Prototyping. So right. it's a book just de dealing only with the issue of paper prototyping yeah. and also how to do usability tests with a paper prototype. Mm -hmm. So you do not need to have an interactive uh, prototype which is progra programmed, but you mm -hmm. can do usability tests like in a Wizard of Oz manner mm -hmm. uh, with, with a paper, uh, sorry, uh, with, a, with a paper prototype. Yeah. And I guess the, the, the photoshopped visuals also appear in this phase or are they later? Uh, 
know they appear in this phase, but just to, to have one certain screen uh, designed in order to discuss uh, the aesthetics uh, mm -hmm. of, of uh, the, the feature interface. Okay. We do not do the storyboard with, right. uh, with Photoshop de designed right. screens. So, 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 so the Photoshop stuff is really about the visual graphic right. design to right. give an impression about that. Right. Right. And then the logical structure of the screen yeah. and, and the stuff is, is done with the yeah. more simpler means. Exa exactly. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anything else uh, interesting in, in that phase? Yes, uh, at the end of the phase, uh, we, we, we should uh, have something like a user interface uh, specification or mm -hmm. a, a style guide or, or both. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it depends. So sometimes a customer already has uh, a style guide, or sometimes we uh, derive a style guide from the prototypes in, in order to des describe. Uh, patterns, best practices for designing a user interface for a product family mm -hmm. uh, like that. But uh, also, here I, I think it's um, important to explain the difference uh, between a style guide and a specification, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, think I was about uh, to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> expected that. <laughs> 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 okay, the style guide, ag again, it's uh, more abstract. It's just uh, de this describing, for instance, um, how a certain widget uh, should be uh, used, so what is the purpose of, of a certain widget. So if you think about a tree control, what can you do with a tree control in an abstract uh, way? What uh, happens in the tree control if you uh, click on uh, one of these uh, yeah. small si signs? Yeah. Um, and but it does not put the tree control into context, mm -hmm. and this is uh, what the user interface specification does. So, so, so the specification describes the whole system, yeah, right? And um, the style guide is basically a collection of patterns in the software yeah. engineering patterns yeah. kind yeah. of way that says whenever you use a tree control, do it this way so it's consistent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The style guide is uh, about consi uh, yeah, consistency across yeah. uh, products or yeah. uh, within a product family. Yeah. But, but I guess that the style guides you talk about here are more domain or application or product specific than, for example, a Java Swing style guide or a Windows style guide. It's, 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 it's tailored to the kinds of stuff the application yeah, needs to yeah. do. Often the Java Swing style guide or Windows style guide, uh, Vista style guide, uh, is taken as a basis, right. uh, and and then it's developed further right. uh, to in, uh, in order to to cover the particular needs of a customer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next phase is the actual construction or implementation or the building of the system. Often we, we face a problem that uh, even if a user interface specification exists or even if a style guide exists, then still some, say, degree of interpretation freedom mm -hmm. is, is left uh, <laughs> to, to the developers. And this is uh, where we uh, support the development team in order to clarify uh, issues. For instance, if the user interface specification is not uh, complete specification of all screens and they have to adapt uh, to new workflows, then new questions ar arise and this is uh, where the usability engineer mm. uh, might support the software development uh, team in, yeah, in order to derive solutions from uh, former already specified mm -hmm. right. um, user interface yeah. to, to the new uh, yeah. workflow. Yeah, 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 to extrapolate from, yeah. from what's already there. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, um, well, implementing the user interface is basically kind of 
in, in that sense it's trivial it's a, somebody has to program it I yeah. mean, it's a lot yeah. of work of course yeah. but it's, yeah. it's not necessarily a lot of work for you guys yeah but what I also want to uh, raise here is a test topic right um, mm -hmm. So in the construction phase, you you have uh, uh, testing, and uh, especially with regard to usability uh, testing, we distinguish between two different ways of uh, doing a usability test, or say it's more it's the objective of uh, the usability test. One is more formative, uh, a formative test. Uh, this is a kind of usability test which we use in the modeling phase. It is, uh, yeah, it has very much to do with the agile uh, mm -hmm. idea. It's uh, you you test in order to change, uh, yeah. and but not in order to prove uh, that the. Um, system has met all requirements and mm -hmm. in, if you want to do testing like uh, in, in a quality assurance uh, way then this is this we call a summative uh, test because it's at more more or least uh, at the end of uh, yep. the development uh, phase so, so to to have a kind of field test with more users whereas if you have this formative uh, testing you only need to have six or eight uh, users or maybe even four mm -hmm. uh, it's important just to have some users and yep. to to see whether they can work with the system and to take the uh, results of of uh, such a formative test in order to drive the development process. Yep. And and how do you actually test the UI? Do you put users in front of it and measure how long it takes them to do something and how happy they are after doing it? Or I mean, you know, how do you do it? Yeah, it's uh, a, a mixture of uh, an interview and uh, also using questionnaires. Mm -hmm. And uh, but the most important thing is that users try to work with the system with real tasks. So you, uh, before you start with a usability uh, test, you have a session, and then in the session is a moderator mm -hmm. who leads the uh, participant through the usability uh, test, and the, then the participant. Of, of such a test, they try to solve a task and what is really important is that we uh, ask them to think aloud, to, to think aloud uh, what they mm -hmm. expect from uh, the user interface, for instance, if they do not find uh, a particular uh, option within a menu, we mm -hmm. ask them about uh, what they look for. So. Sometimes it's just a wording issue, it's uh, mm -hmm. so that the wrong labels have been uh, chosen. And this thinking aloud technique is uh, important to, to get uh, an idea about uh, the, the user's expectations. Yeah. And so they try to, to solve a task and then we, we measure whether they succeed. Uh, yeah. without help, whether they need some help yeah. or whether they cannot succeed even with a lot of help. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's um, the number of uh, errors or the number of uh, help needed uh, uh, with regard to uh, the completion of a, a task is one issue. And we also use uh, at the end of the test, we often use um, a questionnaire, what we, which is called Attractive. There's also a website on it, and the Attractive questionnaire is used mm -hmm. in order to, to measure the uh, 
yeah, the attractiveness of a product which is uh, built up from the pragmatic aspects and hedonic aspects. And the pragmatic aspects is whether all the functions are available yeah. that they users uh, that users need, and the hedonic aspects is whether they they like to to work it with it. And mm -hmm. this is a questionnaire which uh, has been validated also by by, by us, and there is a website about it. It's a very generic one. It's very not generic specific. Way, to yeah. Yeah. But of course, you can also use uh, you can only use it uh, if you really have a visual visually designed uh, mm -hmm. user interface in mm -hmm. order to 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 get a rating yeah. uh, and then i guess um well okay the, the last the deployment phase mm -hmm. is um, probably rather straightforward yeah the deployment f phase might uh, lead again to the planning phase uh, as, as, as you know so it's um, important <coughs> to uh, get back uh, feedback from uh, the users and uh, to yeah, like in an issue tracking uh, yeah. way. Yeah. Okay. So that was basically our stepping through the UI engineering model. Um, a couple of more questions. Um, one is, um, if you are an agile shop, you're doing XP or something, then all of this sounds very heavyweight. And of course, you aligned it with uh, the rational unified process. So it, it kind of to an agile person it has to sound heavyweight so how do you how do you integrate that or how do you convince an agile team an xp team or whatever to 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 put that into their schedule into their process how would you how would you make this feel more agile yeah one important thing is that uh, even in an agile uh, process process you uh I would say you must think uh, about the user and not in an abstract way, but uh, really to bring a user into the team. For instance, if you consider a, a Scrum mon model mm -hmm. and, and you define a sprint, uh, and you, you might even uh, de define as a, a sprint uh, mm -hmm. uh, some activities in which you involve the users and at the end of this sprint you should uh, have results from uh, um, say yeah. from a usability test it's or like a spike a but it's a spike in usability yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex exactly and but um a problem which is often discussed is uh, with regard to agile processes and and usability that the question that is asked is uh, wha what happens if the user interface as such changes with each iteration? Mm -hmm. uh, can we do that or shouldn't we, we do that? But I think this depends on whether r really with each iteration you have uh, market-ready uh, product on or not. So yeah. as long as you are not on the market, I would say it's okay to, to change the yeah. user interface. Yeah. Yes, to me, somehow this whole discussion about how something like that fits into the Agile process is a little bit similar to how do you fit in requirements engineering and how do you fit in architecture. Yeah. You know, these somewhat more, let's say, strategic aspects of software development, yeah. how do you fit those into the relatively fine granular work attitude of, of Agile processes? And I guess that some of the answer is that, you know, some, some things aren't useful to do in one day iterations you yeah. sometimes have to do something a little bit more strategically yeah, well, what, what has happened with regard to agile process is that now we have something like agile usability engineering mm -hmm. uh, for uh, for instance scott ambler has uh, yeah he also uh, has agile modeling and agile uh, architecture uh, yeah, uh, okay so it's uh, everything is getting agile yeah, 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 <laughs> sure. 
as I said, I, I saw some of your work with uh, with this customer, and and to me, I mean, it 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 really was impressive, and it convinced me personally that at least in that situation, it it makes a lot of sense to have professional usability folks involved. So. How do I convince my project manager or my boss? I mean, because most people say, well, you know, it's not important as long as we can click here. And, you know, most people, I would argue, or many people don't really care, at least initially until they notice there are yeah. problems. How do I convince my boss? Yeah, the first thing is pretty easy. It's the user interface is like the calling card of uh, your, your product. It's mm -hmm. the first thing uh, your, your customer or your user interacts with. So if... Uh, the user interface is not convincing, then people uh, might uh, re refrain from uh, buying yeah. uh, such, such a product. But th they say, okay, then I just I um, call a designer and uh, who makes some nice um, icons. Exactly and my uh, point. Yes. Yeah, but so that you that you need. I mean, convincing somebody to get a graphics guy in to have a couple yeah. of nice icons, <laughs> nice colors. Okay, people get that. But to to go further and and really do more than that and, and think about efficient interactions and stuff that's I think for me yeah. that's a tougher challenge to sell to my customers or consulting clients or something so with regard to to the web it's also uh, rather easy to, to convince um, yeah. your, your customers so if you talk about the conversion rate uh, mm -hmm. if, if you think about e-business uh, e uh, yeah. if you think about shops and there have been a number of studies wi which uh, show how often uh, customers do not succeed in uh, buying um, a, a product yeah. in, in, in a shop. They yeah. You may know Jacob Nielsen and uh, Jacob Nielsen's uh, alert box. Here there you mm -hmm. can find a number of these uh, things. Yeah. Are there any numbers where people can or where you can that you can show that you know, there's product X? Um, before user interface design involvement, five clicks or five customers, and after it was improved more, like numbers to show that this stuff is actually yeah, useful. You can find such numbers in, in, in a book, for instance, by Bias and Mayu. Uh, it's cost justifying usability. Ah. There's a, a lot of uh, mm -hmm. such numbers, but also in, in the internet, uh, there is a in the Usability uh, Professionals Association uh, website, the upasoc.org, or also uh, UsabilityNet is a another uh, mm -hmm. website where yeah, you can we'll find put some of those for the show notes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but uh, it's also sometimes it's uh, the customer who wants to prove that the the cost of uh, usability of the usability measures that uh, it really pays off. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to give you one e example, uh, we have de designed uh, call center uh, software, mm -hmm. um, and one usability goal from the customer was that to that we uh, should be able to show that the training uh, time, the training effort, uh, is really reduced uh, by means of uh, um, redesigned uh, user interface. Yeah. And what we did when uh, we have, when, when we had finished the user interface design, we we did uh, test uh, in parallel with the former system and mm -hmm. uh, with a yeah. uh, new system, and we started uh, having people. Uh, uh, so you may consider uh, summertime and students help in in the call center, and if a student just 
works for say six weeks yep. or, or things like that. Uh, call center does not work to have a training phase of four weeks. So we, we did that, uh, this test in uh, parallel with the old system and with the new system, having an initial test in order to see how people can work with the system without any training. And then after that, we had uh, some more uh, measure points in order to see how um, effectively uh, and yeah. how efficiently uh, um, the people um, work with the system and we could show that we were able to uh, decrease the uh, learning curve by 50 percent mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. so and this really pays off yeah, it pays off yeah yeah so um, is there any material people can look at, except maybe for some of the websites you already mentioned? Mm. So if, if people want to get uh, involved in this stuff, is there any, any books, for example? Hint, hint. <laughs> 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 there's, of course, there's a number of books. There's a book of um, my own, but this is in German. Mm -hmm. uh, it's user called User Interface uh, Tuning. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's uh, I'm the editor of this book, and it's uh, showing some stories uh, how uh, companies um, used usability or how they uh, applied usability engineering yep. in order in order to build uh, better usable uh, products. But of course, there is uh, numerous uh, number of uh, English uh, yeah. uh, books uh, so you have uh, books by Jacob Nielsen for the web design Alan Cooper I've been mentioning yeah. be before or Jennifer Preece uh, you m may know uh, I, I don't know uh, uh, do you put links on yeah, yeah we will put we'll put those books I'll, I'll so annoy I you after the show at some point we'll put the stuff uh, the okay show so <laughs> I will pass some links yeah, okay, <laughs> to interviews okay okay so um, that's basically all is there anything else you want to say uh, as, as closing words to our listeners there's only one closing word uh, ask your user <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah sure okay so thank you very much you're welcome thank you Thanks for downloading and listening to Software Engineering Radio. Software Engineering Radio is an educational program brought to you by Hillside Europe. If you want more information about the podcast and all the other episodes, visit our website at se-radio.net. If you want to support us, you can donate to the SE Radio team via the website. Or you can advertise for SE Radio, for example, by clicking on the Dick Reddit Delicious and Slashdot buttons. To contact the team, please send email to team at se-radio.net or if it is specific to an episode, please use the comments facility on the website so other people can react to your comments. This episode of SE Radio as well as all other episodes are licensed under a Creative Commons 2.5 license. Please see the website for details. Thanks to Charlie Crow and the Podsafe Music Network for the music used in this show. The song is called Vegas Hard Rock Shuffle.